0: Amos is one of the minor prophets in the Bible, and he declares the upcoming destruction of northern Israel by the Assyrian Empire. The commentary by James Mays and other scholars identify the narrative of Amos to take place in the first part of the 8th century, around 750 BCE. About 40 years later, Israel was indeed taken over by the Assyrians. At the time, northern Israel was enjoying great prosperity Was also a time of corruption and greed where poor folks had to pay high taxes, the courts were crooked, and it was hard to get justice. This should remind us that although the concept of race and racism is fairly new, an 18th century construct, injustice itself has been around ever since the dawn of civilization. Even in our current times, places like Hong Kong, Chinese, are protesting the authoritative rule of mainline China. And in places like the Philippines, Filipinos who commit petty crimes can be executed without trial by government-backed death squads who are also Filipino. And in Nigeria, Nigerians are protesting police brutality at the hands of other Nigerians. So we see that even in a postmodern context, there's something about injustice That is much deeper than racism. Perhaps this is why in our tradition we have the concept of sin. It reminds us that we are all capable of greed and injustice. It just so happens that America's root sin is that of racism. Sin is not a very popular idea, mostly because the church has done such a wonderful job of condemning millions of people for thousands of years while simultaneously not being able to live up to the moral ideals that it espouses. Whether it's scandals in the Catholic Church, manipulation and thievery in Pentecostal churches, hypocrisy and racism in the the evangelical church, or the ineptitude to deal with racism in Protestant mainline churches, we see that our religious institutions inevitably fall short because we as individuals inevitably fall short. The idea of sin keeps us humble. This does not mean that we need to walk around with our heads bent low, beating ourselves up, condemning ourselves to hell. Rather, when we understand that we are all sinners, then that means I am no better than anybody else, nor is anybody else better than me. We should be able to look at the drug addict, the murderer, the pedophile, the rapist, the racist, whoever that person is that, Disturbs or disgusts us the most, and say, There, but for the grace of God, go I. Before I judge somebody who doesn't share my political views, it might be worth asking if I'm being prideful. Am I assuming that my way is the only correct way, that I am somehow more enlightened than everybody else? Nevertheless, one of the common themes in this passage is the day of the Lord. It is the opposite of what people were expecting. The day of the Lord or the day of Yahweh was a celebration complete with sacrifices, songs, rituals, and feasting. But Amos turns this festivity on its head. He says that God prefers justice and righteousness rather than rituals and festivity. I can't help but think of our President-elect's victory speech last week. It was a time of celebration for millions of people a time filled with patriotism and pride. It reminded me of 2008 when I was so elated that we had our first black president in Barack Obama and I had the assumption that the entire world was celebrating with us. Yet, that wasn't necessarily true. What was a time of progress and great light to some people was a time of darkness and uncertainty to others. Likewise, When Donald Trump gave his acceptance speech in 2016, millions of Americans were celebrating his victory, and perhaps even some Russians. For them, it was a return to the fundamental of American values, small government, and real change in Washington, D.C. And on the complete opposite spectrum, or the opposite side of that political spectrum, people like myself were in great mourning seeing this as a time of darkness that had coming across the country. Interestingly, Christians on both sides of the aisles, whether Democrat or Republican, were convinced and are convinced without a shadow of a doubt that God is on our side. It's kind of like people who pray for their football team or basketball team. Whose side is God on, my side or your side? One thing that is consistent in scripture is that God is on the side of the poor and the oppressed, but there are poor and oppressed people on both sides of the aisle. The reporter David Brooks from the New York Times says that in this election, more Latinos, African Americans, and Muslims voted Republican, r- voted for Republican candidates than in the past 60 years. The psychologist Robert Johnson notes that every single virtue in this world is made valid by its opposite. Light would mean nothing without dark, masculine without feminine, care without abandon. Truth always comes in pairs, he says. Perhaps that's why the Confederate statues across Monument Avenue did not come down while President Obama was in office, but while Donald Trump was in office even though much to his displeasure. And in spite of the murders of black teenagers like Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin, even little boys like Tamir Rice, we were not having the conversations around race that we are having now. Although nine people were shot by a domestic terrorist in a church during Obama's administration, we still were not having the conversations we're having now. It took a president to speak blatantly racist remarks for us to finally come to this place where we're willing to have this conversation, and only one-third of the country is having the conversation. It seems like the other third is still in denial, and then half of the country didn't even bother to vote. My point is it doesn't matter if one person sees something as light and another person sees something as darkness. God's will 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 work out according to God's will. It's like uh, the, the Tao, according to what philosopher Alan Watts said. He compared it to a current, a strong current that is flowing one way. Now we can swim with the current or swim against the current, but the power of the current is so powerful that it's going to take the person, no matter which way they're trying to swim. It's a matter if we want to flow with it or try to flow against it. In the 1950s and the 1960s, American students were taught to hide under their desk because they were scared of a nuclear holocaust. Nowadays, at least before COVID, American students were taught to hide under their desks because they're scared of another American student potentially coming to shoot up their school. We are a country frightened by our own shadow. We are a divided people trying to find some sort of sure footing and balance after a contentious election and heartbreaking, anxiety-ridden year. We are searching for equilibrium amongst the ambiguity and anxiety. When we look at evangelicals, we see a hypocritical, morally bankrupt church who has sold its soul to Trumpism while they look at the liberal church and see us as only being Christian in theory, a church so aligned with liberal ideology and does not have true identity in Christ. I don't believe that God is on the side of any of our ideological belief systems. God is on the side of justice. The author and activist James Baldwin said, We can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. Out of all the presidents, at least in my lifetime, from Carter to Reagan, Bush, Bush Jr., and Clinton, President Obama has easily been my favorite president. But that doesn't mean that I can't have a critique of his presidency. I am well aware that he was aboard with Republicans in bailing out Wall Street while millions of Main Street Americans suffered financially. I can celebrate that LGBTQ rights were advanced under his administration, even while millions of immigrants were deported, even more so than under W. Bush. I can celebrate much-needed reforms made to our health care system, but still be aware and critical of drone strikes that killed hundreds of civilians in the Middle East. Imagine if our news was more like that, if Fox News or other Republican pundits and politicians would take a more balanced approach to President Trump's actions, especially now that he won't even concede the office. Many of the people in my circles are excited about the results of this election, and we should be. It's clear to us that the country was heading in a very wrong direction, and to have our first female president who's also a person of color, is amazing. Yet for 70 million Americans, it's probably a very dark time for them, how we would have felt if Trump would have won. It's tempting for us to give way to feelings of fear and bitterness, maybe even rage. But I think it's important that we allow ourselves to feel whatever feelings come up, whatever frustration or anger bubbles up, yet to find a way to be more balanced. Again, in the words of Alan Watts, he says, If you have to become a Nazi to defeat a Nazi, what was the point? This is why I love the character of Batman in the comics and his arch nemesis, the Joker. Even though Joker is seen as the person who is an insane, any Batman, true Batman fan knows that Batman is equally insane. He's a billionaire fighting crime, running around in a Batman suit. Yet, he draws the line between him and the criminally insane and evil ones because no matter what he does, he refuses to kill. That is his moral conduct, and it's also why the Joker keeps getting away. Likewise, it's a time for us to celebrate, but where do we draw our line in the sand? What gives us as Christians the distinction between other pundits who are going back and forth Perhaps the words of St. Catherine of Siena can give us some light on this subject. She says that you test the virtue of patience in yourself when your neighbors insult you. Your humility is tested by the proud. Your faith by the unfaithful. Your hope by the person who has no hope. Your justice is tried by the unjust. Your compassion by the cruel your gentleness and kindness by the wrathful. She says, your neighbors are the channel through which all your virtues are tested and come to birth. Let us pray for humility, wisdom, and guidance. Because although our candidate might have won, for others, their candidate didn't win. And it's in times like this that we need balance and strength to go forward and finally heal from the past four years.